Hey everyone. Um, the NBA released their like annual GM survey. You know they do this every year, and the the interesting thing with this is I think in the um, on the top they say not every GM participates, so it's like you know the fifteen GMs, the ten. Like how definite is this from the GM? Like you don't know, but it's still fun to just look at and you know think where. Think what the GMs are thinking, you know, people that are, like, heading these teams. And I just wanted to go through it because, you know, every year it's interesting. And, you know, you get to see, like, what they had the previous years. And you can call them idiots. You can call them, you know, geniuses. You can call them stupid. Um, you can you can ask for their jobs. And it's just very funny to look at. So starting off, which team will win the 2022 NBA Finals? So from this, they have the Nets and the Lakers facing off. And they give the Brooklyn Nets a 72% chance of winning. So the interesting thing with this is the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie's uncertainty are still like championship favorites. Like you have James Harden, you have Kevin Durant, you have two top, you know, seven, eight players. Like Kevin Durant's a top two, three player in the league. And James Harden's like a top six, seven, eight player in the league. So you have two of those guys, and you have a roster that's pretty good. Like, like I'm not as high on some of their players as like other people are because they're just big names, and I think beyond the names, they're not very good. Like, I don't think LaMarcus Aldridge is still very good. I think he's okay. Blake Griffin, I think, is good. I think Blake Griffin is still good. Uh, not like obviously not. He's not old Blake. He's not young prime, you know, Blake Griffin. But he's still a good, like, player that you can trust to play thirty minutes in the playoffs. Even more than that, really. Uh, Patty Mills, I don't think it's very like he's okay, but I can't see him getting like huge minutes. Paul Millsap, I think it's done. Joe Harris, he nutted up in the playoffs hard when there were crowds finally. I don't know if you can trust that. Nick Claxton, another guy where, you know, you see the potential with him, but, like, every time I watch him, I'm like, oh, I just don't see it, really. Um, who else do they have? Bruce Brown, I do think he's a good rotation player. And, you know, some of those Milwaukee games, he was playing, like, 45, 50 minutes. 50 minutes, obviously, in the overtime, but, like, uh, he was playing a lot of minutes. Uh, who else do they have? James Johnson, I think he can be solid in spurts for them. And Javon Carter, I don't think he's going to play a lot. But Javon Carter's okay. He's like a good third guard because he can shoot. He plays defense. He's not really a playmaker. His handling's kind of weak. Um, and then their rookie, I, I forgot his name. I'm forgetting his name right now. I'm not even going to try guessing. I want to say Cam Thomas, but I'm not sure. He seems to be like a good scorer. But you just can't trust those guys, like those rookie you know, volume scorers to really do anything. Uh, you can play them, like, in blowouts and stuff, but, like, you can't trust them in big playoff games. So I, I'm guessing this prediction is with Kyrie. And my my thing on the Nets is I'm pretty high on them, but I'm, like, even with me being high on them, I'm lower on them than most people. Like, people are, like, an, at an A-plus with them. I'm at, like, a A with them. And their second team is the Los Angeles Lakers. 
which they have at 17% winning the title. And my thing is, I'm higher on the Lakers. Okay, so this, this is the interesting thing. Last year, because they show you who was, a, who was the winner last year, last year they had the Lakers at 81%, so they were even higher than the Nets this year. They were higher than the Nets this year. You know, that could be because of the talent around the league and maybe the league has gotten better. But that just shows you how confident people were in LeBron and Anthony Davis. Well, you know who the Lakers have this year? LeBron and Anthony Davis. So, and then they added Russell Westbrook, who's like a very polarizing player. I just think they're, I'm, I'm, I'm higher on the Lakers than most, and I'm lower on the Nets than most, but not by a lot either way. So, if it was me, I would still go the Nets, but it wouldn't be 72%. It would be like 50%, and I would give 30 to the Lakers, and then I would just give like 5 10% to other teams. The Bucks are third with 10%, just, you know, throwing that out there. Ooh. Who will win the 2021-2022 Kia MVP? Kevin Durant, 37%. Ooh, interesting. Luka Doncic, 33%. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 13%. Joel Embiid, 7%. James Harden, also 7%. Steph Curry, 3%. Last year was Giannis with 32%. It's interesting. No Jokic. I think Jokic is going to have a pretty decent chance of doing it because he's going to be without Jamal Murray, so he gets a boost from that. Um, Michael Porter Jr. looks like he's going to probably average 25 points. Aaron Gordon is going to be there the whole year. They got Jeff Green. I think that was a good pickup. Um, and I like some of their players. Like I think you know, Will Barnes is going to be healthy. I think P.J. Dozier is going to get better. Um, they're going to have Austin Rivers the whole year. Like That's a good like, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth man. You know, Faku's probably going to be off the bench this year, I imagine, because when they're starting against the Clippers, they had, I think, Monte starting. So if Faku's like a good backup point guard, like, that's fine. And I, I really like some of their, I really like their rookie, I'm forgetting his name, Bones something. I think his name's actually Bones. I really like, like, what he, what he brought defensively. I'm not sure the shot is real, even though he made a couple threes. I just don't know if the shot is real. But defensively, I thought he looked really good. So I think um, they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of solid players. They have a second guy who can give you 25 points nightly. And um, they have the MVP. So I think, you know, I'm going to... I think he should be on here. I think he, I think he has a decent chance of winning it again. I'm not going to do like my over-under because I'm still doing those. So I'm going to save the Denver Nuggets over-under for that. But I think they're going to be pretty solid. I think he's going to have a good chance of winning it, so I think he should be on that list. Kevin Durant, number one, I just don't see it just because, you know, when they played last year, James Harden was clearly the guy. You know, he was the guy that was getting you 25 to 30 points. He was getting you 10 assists a night. He was setting up the entire offense, and when, you know, it came to who's going to be MVP, it was, like, James Harden was in the mix with everyone else, you know, before he got injured. So, I just don't see... James and KD over 82 games, you know, either one of them building an MVP case like that. If, it's, if, if one is going to build it, I think it's probably going to be James. Whew. Um, what else? 
Luca at 33%. That's interesting because usually you have to win around 50-ish games, at least if you're like a one-man band. You probably have to win around 50-ish games, especially in the, in the West, you get a little bit more leniency, I suppose. You know, in the East, you probably got to win like 57, 60 games. If you're a one-man like army, like Luca is, maybe. We don't, we don't know with Kristaps. He might be, like Kristaps might show up this year, like defensively. Um, because offensively in last year, he was fine. Like he made three, they got 20 and 10. But, you know, the Mavericks, after their COVID stuff, were like a really good team. They played like a top four seed. So they got more good players. They got Reggie Bullock, Sterling. I think, I think, I think they got Sterling Brown. And they're going to have Dwight Powell for the entire season. Uh, Maxi for the entire season. Hopefully no COVID outbreaks you know, destroys them again. And I think their hope is, you know, Clippers are going to be down. They're still going to be a fine team, but they're going to be down. Um, Denver, they're going to be down a little bit. And hopefully, you know, we can just beat up on a lot of the mid-tier, lower-tier teams and just get up to like 50 wins and Luka wins it. Because he's going to have the MVP numbers. He's had the MVP numbers the last two seasons. So he's got a pretty good chance. Uh, Giannis with, what is it, 13%? Let me check. Yeah, Giannis with 13%. This really depends on, like, what are, like, what are the Bucks going for this season? Are they going for, once again, this should be dominant, 60 po- like 65 wins. Let's show everyone, like, you're the real fucking deal. You know, you guys keep saying the Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn Nets this, Brooklyn Nets that. You know, we're the champions. So, you know, let's show everyone what we can do. Or are they going to be like, yo, we already won the championship. Like, we're fine winning 56 games, 54 games, and just going into the playoffs healthy. Um, because the thing is, this last playoffs, they realized, yo, we can actually play our guys 47 minutes a night if we need to. So... You know, in order to do that, we have to play our guys in the regular season, thirty-ish minutes. And I, I like the I like the Bucks. I'm gonna be do, I'm gonna be reviewing them pretty soon in my Central Division over under. So I, I do like them. Um, I don't see I don't see it. I would I would probably go with Luca honestly. I think I think I think they're probably gonna be a four, top four seed, and Luca's gonna have MVP numbers like he always does. So I could I could I would go with Luca if I had to pick. Steph is interesting too because Clay's not going to be there for a while. And if you looked at what they did last year, when um, you know they got really they got they put the ball in Steph's hand a lot more instead of doing all like the off ball movement shit. Steph was really good, and the Warriors were really fucking good. So you have to assume they're just starting off this year like that or maybe they realize hey you know we have auto porter we have this guy we have that guy you know we can play the kind of ball that steph wants to and we can still win so i think steph's gonna be interesting i think steph's gonna be really interesting i would go luca one steph two that's just as what i would do uh and then i would probably go and be no i'd probably go Jokic three and be four Giannis five that's just, I think that's the order I would go with. The NBA thing's always interesting because you just don't know how many games he's going to play. And that's another thing with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant only played like 30 games last year. How do we know he's even going to play like 80 games or 75 games? Or, you know, I, I could probably see Kevin Durant at like 70 or 68, 68 to 70 games. 
So, yeah, I'm going to go with Luca for MVP. If you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? So you have to go with youth mostly, and you have to go with the superstars. Like, someone's already who's a superstar. And the ones that come to mind right away are Luca and Giannis. And Anthony Davis, probably last year if you had to pick. I, I imagine he would have been on there as well. You know, they picked Luca with 43%. Giannis with 40%. Someone picked Kevin Durant. Someone picked LeBron. That's just crazy. Um, if I had to go, I would probably go with Luka. Just because I, I, love, I, I like the players that can get me the 30 points. And then can also get me the 10 assists. And they're like, it's, it's not even just the 10 assists. It's just about the starting every play. And like play make every, every time. Like you don't have to get the assist every time, but you can just start up the play every single time. Because there, there is a difference between assists and playmaking. And, you know, we, we see that example with, like, Rondo and Steve Nash. Like, you know, both of them probably average, like, what, 15 points, 11 assists. But Steve Nash is leading the number one offense in the league. Rondo was leading, like, a middling top 15 offense in the league. Even though, like, Rondo had a lot of talent around him with KG, Pierce, Ray... Um, it's mostly just about playmaking, and that's much different than just collecting assists. Um, you know, because Giannis can collect assists, but he's not really a playmaker like Luca is. Luca's like a top five playmaker, top three, four, five playmaker in the league. And um, you know, I just I just like that a lot more, especially. And he can shoot. Like people look at the thirty five percent. You have to look at that, but you have to also consider that he's not getting those from catch-and-shoot opportunities. He's creating those himself. So he can get a league-average three-point shot anytime he wants. Anytime he wants, he can get a league-average three-point shot. He's not being set up for it. He's just getting it himself. And on top of that, he's an elite mid-range shooter. He's an elite close finisher. He's really good in the paint at the rim. So I would go with him because Giannis, my thing with Giannis is, when he has the ball, four people are spreading the floor out for him. But when his teammates have the ball, like Giannis' guy can't help off. And people are always like, oh, but Giannis pick and roll, you know, it can open up a mid-range. Yeah, the mid-range is an inefficient shot. So, like, thank you, Giannis, for opening up this inefficient shot for me. Thank you. Um, that's why I also think, like, I would take KD, Kawhi, Steph, LeBron over Giannis. Just because, you know... They spread the floor out for their teammates. Um, and like with Giannis, everything has to be centered around him. Like, oh, let's run pick and rolls with Giannis because it involves Giannis. But it doesn't really make... Like, all that opens up for Chris Middleton is an open, like, 20-footer. It's like, all right, thank you. You open up a 20-footer for me. Oh, my God. And, you know, Chris Middleton's obviously, like, a tremendous mid-range shooter. So, like, it is a good shot for him. But it's also like, yo, yo, can I get some layups? Can you spread the floor out for me so I can get to the rim? Ooh. So I would go Luca, then I would probably would, I would go Giannis, then I would go ooh, probably Jokic. Probably ooh, yeah, probably Jokic, Embiid, Anthony Davis. That would be my top five. What player forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments? Steph Curry won that. Kevin Durant, 20th. 
I mean, Kevin Durant second, LeBron third, Giannis fourth. No, uh, James Harden four, Giannis fifth, Jokic seven. I feel like Jokic should be higher just because as a big, like the mismatching he creates for you is insane. Because if you have a shot blocking center, he can pull them up to the three and he can drive by them or he can make that open three. Or you're a switching defense and he's just abusing you. And if your center is not like a rim protector, he's abusing him. So, like, it's just, I feel like Jokic should be higher just because of, like, the mismatches he creates. Hmm. Which player is most likely to have a breakout season in 2021-22? Jaron Jackson Jr. won it with 17%, so it's a pretty low vote. Anthony Edwards, second. Michael Porter, third. Darius Garland, fourth. Tied with Keldon Johnson, John Morant, Kevin Porter Jr., Interesting. Oh, Shea won it last year. I feel like Shea and Michael Porter won it last year. I feel like they both proved that to be right. Uh, Jaron Jackson's interesting because I thought his second year, he already broke out, didn't he? Like, didn't he average like 20 points in the second year? Like, shot like 40% from three, taking like 10 threes a game. I feel, I feel like he already proved that. Like, he's a good player. Like, he's already proven that. So I don't know how much more he's going to break out. Is he going to become a... 25 point scorer like maybe I guess but I feel like he's already broken out I would go with uh, it's interesting I I was going to say Anthony Edwards but Darius Garland he really impressed me last year you know the leap he took as a shooter as a finisher as a playmaker it was really impressive I really like Keldon Johnson too It's it's a lot my three, I think I would go Darius, Edwards, because Edwards, like, his last 40 games averaged, like, 24, 5, and 3 on, like, 45, 35, 75 shooting. And I feel like he's just going to continue that with D'Lo there, Cat there. And he's grown. I think he's 6'6 six, six now, so he's a, he's a tank. You know, his finishing at the rim improved ridiculously throughout the season, like, like, middle of the season, he was, like, 55% at the rim. He finished the season, I think, 68% at the rim. So, like, he went crazy at the end. Um, so, I would go I would go Darius 1, Edwards 2, and I would go Keldon 3, Michael Porter. I f- know, ah, I would go Kevin Porter 4 because I, I'm a big Kevin Porter fan. I think he's a point guard for real. And his handle's nasty. His handle is nasty. He can get to the rim anytime he wants. And I feel like he's, he's, he's probably going to have like a 18.9 assists, 8 assists type of season. And I think he's going to be really good this year. Who is the best point guard in the NBA? Steph Curry with 57%. Uh, Damian Lillard, 17 Luka, 13%. LeBron got some votes, 7%. Okay. Um, yeah, Steph is probably the best point guard. I would say Luka over Dame. And LeBron shouldn't be on there because he gave up the point guard duties. Who is the best shooting guard in the league? This should be, honestly, 100% James Harden like no one else. Like, Devin Booker getting any votes is disgusting. Luka is not a shooting guard, so I don't know why he got any. Um, Kevin Durant got a vote. Steph Curry got a vote. Bradley Beal got a vote. I just don't understand. Like, it's James Harden won. 
and it should be 100%. Best small forward in the NBA. Kevin Durant, 67%. LeBron, 17%. Kawhi, 7%. Uh, I would switch KD and LeBron because I still think a healthy LeBron is the best player in the NBA. And my guess is he's going to be healthy. And if he's not healthy, then yes, Kevin Durant. Uh, and those are, th- those are the three best small forwards in the league, yeah. Also receiving vote, Chris Middleton. <laughs> what the? F- Why is Chris Middleton getting a... Nah, he's not that. Best power forward, Giannis with 63%. LeBron with 27%. Kevin Durant with 10%. Um, yeah, that seems about right. Like, yeah, that seems about right. I don't know if Kev- it's kept... I guess Kevin Durant did play power forward this year. And LeBron is going to play power forward this year, but I don't know. Like, if he, he's going to play power forward this year, but he didn't play power forward last year, so I don't understand how he's the second best power forward when he didn't play power forward last year, but whatever. Whew. I would have gone Giannis, Anthony Davis, because I still, I still look at LeBron and Kevin Durant as small forwards, just playing power forwards, so I'm not sure they're real power forwards or not but like I guess if you want to include them like that I guess no I would like then I would go LeBron one because I think he's the best player and I would go Kevin Durant two and then Giannis three who's the best center in the NBA Jokic 63% that was shocking and B 23% because that was just shocking because I think most people just agreed that if Embiid was healthy he was he was gonna win MVP and if that's the case, then I don't understand, like, the big wide gap between the two. Because I think that just shows that Embiid is better than Jokic. But that, you know, he just wasn't healthy. So, like, I think it's right. I think Jokic is better than Embiid. But that, that's just what I thought. I thought it would show in this that Embiid would have won that one. Giannis at three with 7%. Giannis is not a center. He plays center sometimes, but he's not a center. Um, Anthony Davis with 7%. That's all right. I don't, I don't really have anything to say about it. What team made the best overall moves this offseason? Miami with 47%. My thing with Miami... Okay, and next, next is not even close. It's Lakers at 17%. Nets, Rockets, Wizards at 7%. So it's like 1% vote each. One vote each, or like two votes maybe, but Miami had forty-seven percent. Like, what? What did they really do to address like their depth? Because I like Lowry, I like Duncan, I like Tyler, I like Jimmy, I like PJ, I like Bam. But then after that, who is there? Like, Markeith Morris, he can't shoot. So, like, he's not really a stretch big. Like, he, yeah, he brings toughness. He's an okay defender, but he can't shoot. So, like, who's spreading the floor out for you guys? Victor Oladipo, I'm not even sure he's playing this year. Um, what was his name? Uh, Max Strauss? Like, he's a, I guess, stretch. Oh, I guess you have Deadman. He's fine. Uh, Deadman, like, if I'm, I guess I'll talk about it when I get to Miami. But, yeah, I'm just going to say I wasn't, like, that impressed with Miami. Like, they obviously improved. But to just be 47, like, be 30% ahead of everyone else? Nah, I don't think so. Which one player acquisition will make the biggest impact? Kyle Lowry, 77%. 
and Russ is at 17%. I would probably go... I would probably push the Russ up to like 40% and like make up the difference with Lowry there. Um, what was the most underrated player acquisition? Larry Nance, 28%. Patty Mills at 17%, number two. I just don't think that's going to do anything. I don't, I don't see like... I don't see it with Patty Mills like that. Dinwiddie, 14%. Um, well, I guess that depends on, like, like, do you care that he's replacing Russell Westbrook? Because, I'm sorry, he's not going to be doing a good job replacing Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's just better than Spencer Dinwiddie, so I don't know, like, what's that going to do? Um, Lonzo, Ball, Lonzo Ball got, like, $90 million. I don't think that's underrated. Larry Nance, I do think that's probably the most underrated one because he's a good defender. He can shoot. Um, he can guard, like, one through four. He's a good passer. He's a good role man. Uh, he can finish at the rim. So I do think that's going to be a pretty good acquisition. Which team will be the most improved? Chicago Bulls at 27%. Uh, I'm just thinking. Ooh. Most improved team. I, I would, honestly, I would go Minnesota. Because if they're healthy, I really like their offense. I think their offense is going to be top 10. And I think they have some defensive talent. Like, to be around, instead of being like 29th or 28th or whatever, to be around like 18. Around like 18, 19, 20. Like, and I think, I think that will give them like an extra 10 wins or whatever. Uh, Bulls, though, like, fine pick. They got Lonzo. Lonzo's a good player. They got Crusoe, another good player. DeMar's a really good player. You know, we know Levine's good. We know Vooch is good. He's going to be there the entire season. I don't like their back. I don't like their backups a lot. Like, who who is their backup? They had uh, Javante Green, I think, starting a shooting guard this year. Patrick Williams is injured. I know he's going to come back pretty soon, but, like, it's a pretty major injury. Um, the backup center is Tony Bradley. I don't trust that. And, oh, shit. <laughs> They're in the central division. I'm supposed to be talking about... Uh, I'm going to stop talking about them. So I would go with the Wolves as the most improved team. What was the most surprising move of the offseason? Russell Westbrook to the... Yeah, I think that was the most surprising. I was shocked by that. Uh, DeMar to Chicago. That was also shocking. Lonzo to Chicago was not shocking at all. Um, I think what else uh, another thing that was shocking was P.J. Tucker to Miami I didn't see that coming uh, trying to think what else Dennis Schroeder not getting anything and signing with the Boston Celtics that was shocking after that I don't really care like I have like yeah after that I don't really care actually I'll do one more I'll do a couple more actually who is the best defensive player in the NBA? Giannis Antetokounmpo, 47%. Rudy Gobert, 17%. This is the one that bothers me. These two, actually. Drew Holiday, 10%. Kawhi Leonard, 10%. They are not the, they, they are not the third, tied for third best defensive players in the NBA. They're just not. Like, Draymond Green is probably the second. Embiid needs to be up there. And Anthony Davis needs to be up there. Jimmy Butler got to watch the fuck up. Like, what are we? What are we even doing? So, I'd go. I'd probably go Giannis because 
of the versatility as a rim protector that he has. Then I would go Draymond. Actually, no, fuck it. I'm going Draymond 1, Giannis 2, Anthony Davis 3, Embiid... I might go Embiid 3. Because I think he's a better pure rim protector than AD. AD's more versatile. AD's better when you have some defensive talent around him. But Embiid's better like you can just put anyone around him. So I would go Embiid. Uh, I, I, I don't know, but I'm just going Draymond 1. I don't know after that. The rest, the rest I would have to think about. Who is the best perimeter defender in the NBA? Drew Holiday. Yeah, yeah, I can, I'm okay with that. Jimmy, uh, Ben Simmons, second. Okay, so Ben Simmons is second here ahead of Kawhi, but on the, like, the both perimeter defenders, so how is he not ahead of him and just the best defensive player? Whatever, I don't care. Um, best interior defender, Rudy Gobert, I disagree. Um, I think it's probably Embiid. Uh, who is the most versatile f- defender in the NBA? Giannis? Yeah, probably. Uh, AD's probably up there. Bam's probably up there as well. Who? Which is the best defensive team in the NBA? Milwaukee? Oh, that's interesting. I, I would probably agree. I'd probably agree. You know, Drew's a tremendous defender. Chris is a good defender. Dante is a good defender. Giannis is a, you know, all-time defender. Brooks is a good defender. Their bench is pretty weak on defense, though. So, like, I wonder how that's going to do it. Because Grayson Allen's, like, average. George Hill is solid. Who else do they have off the bench? Um, Bobby Portis, below average. Um... Semi Ojale. I think he's a good defender. I think Semi's pretty good. I think he's a tank. Um, I'm just thinking about players that are actually going to be playing minutes. Rodney Hood, below average. Like, but I guess like in the playoffs, like they've already shown like we, we're going to play our we're going to play our main guys 45 minutes. So, you know they're always going to have good defenders on the court. Ooh. After that, I don't really care. Like that was, those were the only ones I actually wanted to talk about. So let's get on to the over/unders for the Central Division. Uh, the Central Division is the one with like the NBA champions, Milwaukee Bucks. You know, Chicago, Cleveland, Indiana. Who else? There's one more team. Ah, uh, the Pistons. The Forgotten Pistons. Um, let me just pull up the over/unders because I had them open. A second ago, and then the GM service came out, so I had to do that real quick. Over under NBA wins. Odd Shark? Should I do Odd Shark or Vegas Insider? I'm gonna go with Odd Shark. So let's go with the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, let's go to the Chicago Bulls. 42 and a half. So, above 500. What were they last year? 31 and 41. So, 10 games below 500. Um, 19th in offense. 11th in defense, which is... What the fuck? How? With that roster, I'm shocked. So, I think all that shows me is... Billy Donovan, good defensive coach. He's going to be getting Lonzo. He's going to be getting Alex Caruso. Patrick Williams is going to play. He's, he got Derek Jones Jr. So that's 
four good defenders. Jose Johnson, I think he's going to play some minutes. He's a good defender. So, you know, some pretty good defensive players that he's got. Zach Levine's a good on-ball defender, off-ball. He's horrendous. Uh, DeMar's just a horrendous defender. Vucevic, so-so. So, Kobe White, below average. But I think defensively, I, I could expect them to drop just a little bit to 15th. But what my guess is, offensive, offensive rating-wise, they're going to be top 10. Like, if this is not a top 10 offense, something went terribly wrong. Because you have Lonzo, he can shoot the fuck out of the ball. Levine can shoot the fuck out of the ball. DeMar is a really good playmaker, scorer from the mid His mid-range numbers are insane now. Like, way better than what they were in Toronto. And as a playmaker, he's like... Like, eight, like he's like... Um, it's not even 2-1. to one. It's like 4-1 to one assist to turnover ratio. Like, he's become a really, like, smart playmaker. Like, one of the best in the league. Um, and then they have Vucevic, of course. My only thing with them is... Okay, so off their bench, I really like only two players. I only like Kobe, and I only like Caruso. After that, it's like, I can take it or leave it with everyone. I guess Derrick Jones Jr. is fine. He's a little small, and, like, he can't shoot, but I suppose as, like, a ninth man, he's fine. Tony Bradley, I just don't see it like that. I think they got Stanley Johnson. I'm not seeing it. Matt Thomas, I'm not seeing it. Javante Green, I'm not seeing it. Alizé Johnson, I'm kind of seeing. I think he's, like, a fine four. Like, he's a really good, like, rebounder and defender. But he can't shoot, so that, that's a big thing. And I'm, I don't know. I just don't see it, like, depth-wise. So, you know, you get one. Like, Patrick Williams' injury was huge because now it's like, who are we even playing at the four? And if you get one more injury, like, that depth gets exposed, like, severely exposed. So that's that's the worrisome part there. I think their X factor is it has to be Patrick Williams. Because Patrick Williams had a really good, you know, season. He's only nine I think I think he just turned twenty. You know, per thirty six he averaged twelve points, six rebounds, two assists, you know, nearly a block a game, one point two steals. He shot thirty nine percent from three, really low volume, so He's like we just have to assume he's probably a league average shooter at like thirty five percent on good volume. Um, you know he finished well at the rim. Yeah, he finished well at the rim. Good mid range shooter, which was shocking. He took a lot of mid range, and he was above league average on those. So, like he had a really good rookie season, and if he can take a step up, where he's doing a lot more catch and shoot, where he's doing a lot more. Um, like catch and shoot, like take that 2.5 per 36 three-point attempts to five attempts a game, and you're making instead of 39, you get down to maybe even 36, 35%. Like that's fine, but you're taking a lot more. And even though you made above league average on your mid-range shots, those are still like you, you didn't make enough to the point where it's like that's a good shot for you. You just didn't make enough of those. So, like, don't eliminate the mid-range, but you have, to, you have to start. Like, how many mid-range did he take? Let me look. He took 27% shots from mid-range. So, how about instead of 27%, 
you make that 20%. And, you know, take those extra 7% and add them to your three. You took 18% of your shots inside the paint, but not at the rim. And you only made 39% of them. So how about you take 8% of those and add them to your three? You know what I mean? So, like, you just got to find other ways to do it. Like, not, not, not eliminate those shots. Because at some point, you do have to take them. Like, the defense, you know, collapses. They focus on you. Or they focus on someone, and that's the only shot that's left. Or it's, like, end of shot clock. So, like, it's fine having those shots. But it's just, you know, you have to take less of them. And more of, like, the efficient shots. So, Patrick Williams becoming, like, a, you know, five, three-point attempts a game. Because he can, like, he, he's shown he can make it. So, him taking five through the game, 35-ish percent, like, that's what I want to see. And I want to see more catch and go. Like, you know, DeMar kicks it out, Levine kicks it out, Lonzo kicks it out to you. You know, someone's closing you out, you get to the rim, you finish. Like, what I want to see from him is, I want to see at least 15 points per game per 36. Like, that's the type of improvement I want to see from him. Because defensively, I think he's pretty solid. I think he's going to be, I think he's got all the tools to be a good defender. And he's really, he's really huge. Like, he's only listed at 6'7", but he's, like, if you look at him, he's huge. Like, there's no way he's not 6'8", and like 235. Like, the dude is huge. He's athletic. He's got a lot of skill. A lot of, not, not, a, not a lot of skill, a lot of talent. So I think he's their X factor. And if I had to guess, I would say the over on that. I think they're probably a 44-win team. Would I be confident betting on it? I would probably be more confident if it was like a 41 over-under. I would go over on it, 42 and a half. And I see them as a 44-win team. I would go over, but not by much. Who is after that? Cleveland Cavaliers, 27 win. Jesus. What did they win? They went 22, and you're only giving them five more wins? They were 28th in offense, 25th in defense. And uh, Garland only played 54 games. Jared Allen only played 50 games. Kevin Love did not play at all. I don't know if we're expecting him to play or not. But they added Laurie Markinen, they added Ricky Rubio, they added um, Evan Mobley. So that's three guys that they added. Uh, they still have Sexton, 25 point scorer, good efficiency. They have Garland. I think he's going to take a big step up. Okoro is the guy where I'm like, like I'm sure he's going to be fine. Like I'm not like saying he's not, a, he can't be a good player, but for this team, I just thought that was a horrendous pick. Unless you're planning on trading one of. Sexton or Garland, or probably Sexton because Garland seems to have more high-end potential. So, like, I think it's a horrendous pick just because your your one through three is six foot one, six foot one, six foot four. That's horrendous, and then and then your front court is like two seven footers because I'm pretty sure they're gonna be starting Mobley and Allen. So I I just think it's a it's a very it's a, it's, a, it's a roster with some talent, but, like, the talent doesn't fit. Like, nothing about this team really makes a lot of sense. Um, they don't have any small forwards. Like, Jetty... Can Jetty shoot still? Like, Jetty shot 30% last year. 
Victorian Prince not even there anymore. I don't know, like... I, I honestly I would go I wouldn't even touch that. I would if I had to if I had to pick I would probably go under. If I had to pick, I would go under. Um just because like no small forward like I like Jetty is your only small forward, that's a big problem. Um I do like their bigs, you know, that's a lot of bigs. And I, like they should be really trading one of their bigs. I guess they can't really trade it because no one wants Kevin Love. And, you know, you got Mobley and Allen. And you're, the Mobley and Allen fit is so strange, too, because I don't see either one of them developing a three. Like, Mobley, I guess, shot a couple in college, and people are like, oh, you know, he can kind of shoot it. Not really. Like, his free throw percentage isn't very high, so it's like, yeah, he took them, but he didn't make a lot. And you can't really expect that to improve when his free throw percentage isn't giving you any indication that it's going to improve. Like with Carl Anthony Towns, it was like, yo, the dude is a 85% free throw shooter. It's not shocking that, you know, he developed a three. And he was an elite mid-range shooter. So, like, it's not that shocking that he, you know, took two steps back and is an elite three-point shooter now. Um, so I just think what they're doing is all strange. Like, I do like that they just inquired talent where they're like, oh, let's go get Lori, let's go get this guy, let's go get that. But I don't like, like at some point you are going to have to like just move some players to make it fit better. So I would go, I I think they're probably going to win exactly like 26 or 27 games, honestly. Uh, Unless Darius just takes a huge step. And I think he's going to become better. But I don't know if he's going to become like team lifting by like five, six, seven games better. So I, w- I would say they're probably right at 27 games. Next is Pistons at 25 and a half. What did they win this year? 20 and 52. They were 26th on offense, 16th on defense. Interesting. I'm just looking at like the... Minutes played and whatnot. So they have Hamadou. They got Kelly Olenek. Hamadou only played 20 games for them. Killian Hayes only played 26 games for them. He was a rookie. You're hoping that he gets better. And you're going to have the number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham. So I think... Oh, wait. Let me... For the X... Actually, I already talked about it. The X fact for them, the Cleveland Cavaliers will be Darius Garland. How much can he get better? Can he be a, like, 40% three-point shooter off catch and shoots? Can he, can he add that? Can he become even a better finisher in the paint? So I think that's going to be their X factor. With this team, I think it's going to be Killian Hayes. Because if Killian Hayes, like, Killian Hayes was a good defender, even as a rookie. So if he can just become a, you know, average offensive player... I think defensively, this team's going to be even better defensive than what they already were, which was 16th. And Kate Cunningham's a good defender. He's a good shooter. He's going to come in and you know be able to play right away. I imagine their starting lineup's probably going to be Killian, Sadiq, Cunningham, Grant. I want to say Isaiah Stewart. And I really like Stewart. Actually, you know what? I'm going to change it. I'm going to go with Stewart as their X factor because Stewart's a good defensive player. He's a good rebounder. He's a great offensive rebounder. 
But if he, he showed some flashes of hitting the three, and if he can do that, now you really got something there. Whew. 25 points. I'm going to say they're probably a 26-win team, honestly. Like, I don't see them improving a lot until, like, next year. Like, the season after that, where, like, Killian's in year three, Cunningham's in year two, Sadiq gets even better, Isaiah Stewart, you know what you have with him. And, you know, you get another uh, lottery pick. I think that's their year. So for right now, I'll probably say 26 wins, and I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't take the 25.5 bet. Indiana Pacers, 42 and a half. Where did they go last year? 34 wins, I believe. Yes, they went 34 and 38, so almost 500 with everyone injured. With everyone injured, they almost did it. Carousel only played 35 games. Turner missed over 25. TJ Warren missed the whole season. Jeremy Lamb missed half the season. Uh, Brogdon missed like 20 games. So even with all that, they were almost a 500 team. And like they hated their coach. So now they have Rick Carlisle there. They drafted Chris uh, Duarte. He's like 28 years old already. Okay, he's probably like 24, 25. But like he's old as fuck. But he's going to be able to contribute right away. TJ Warren's still injured. We don't know when the fuck he's coming back. And he's a really good player. So that's going to be... That's gonna like that's gonna matter. Like he's a really good fucking player. He's like an eighteen twenty point scorer, good defensive player now. He can make threes, mid range, finish at the rim. Like he's a really big piece of this team, and he's not gonna be there. Well, we don't know when he's coming back. He's gonna be there eventually, I imagine. So you probably got Sabonis, Turner. Brogdon, Karras as the starters with. I don't know who else it's going to be. I honestly don't know. Is it Torrey Craig? Is it Justin Holiday? I, have just, I just have no idea. Is it Jeremy Lamb maybe? So, like, they have a lot of really good players. I like, you know, TJ McConnell, Lamb, uh, Holiday. I like um, Brissett. I thought Brissett showed a lot. As a shooter, as, like, a rebounder, I thought he was really good. Um, I think he's got some... Like, he's still pretty old. I'm pretty sure he's only, like, 24, 25, but, like... He showed, like, some potential as, like, a good NBA player. No, he's only 22. My bad. Yeah, so he shot 42% from three. You know, he's a good rebounder. Blocked some shots. I think he's got some good potential there. They lost McDermott and Aaron Holiday. But Aaron Holiday and... Like, McDermott was an actual big loss. I don't think Aaron Holiday is a big loss at all. Edmund Summers, I think he got traded. And I think he got cut because he was injured. By the Nets, and um, you know the, the, you're gonna have a full season of Karras. Turner's a good defender. I think with Rick Carlisle in there, they're probably a top ten offense and defense, and they're probably a forty five win team. So I would go the over on that. Their X factor to me, this is interesting because they're all like pretty old. Like, Sabonis is, what, 25? Like, I don't see him getting, like, that much better. Like, I can't just magically be like, oh, you know, if Sabonis now just develops a three-point shot. Uh, Brogdon's 28. Levert's turning 27. Turner's 25. Like, TJ Warren, if he does come back, he's going to be 28. McConnell's 28. Lamb's 28. Like, these guys are who they are. So, like, X factor for them is pretty hard to think of. And, you know, Chris Duarte is already, like, 34. So, 
it's just interesting thing about <laughs> with their X factors. But if I had to go with one, I would go with O'Shea Brissett. Oh, they also picked up Tory Craig. I thought that was a good, like, three, four pickup. Like, you know, he can play the four next to Sabonis, or he can play the four next to um, Turner. Or he could, like, I guess he could kind of play. I don't know. I don't think he could play with them because he's a, he seems to be an okay shooter. Like, his percentages are always okay. But I always feel like, like, there's just something about, like, trusting him with, like, a wide open three. I just still don't trust it. But, like, as a four, I think he would be fine next to Sabonis or Turner when they're playing the five. But I'm going to go with O'Shea. Because if he can... Because he's, he's a pretty big kid, too. 6'7", 220. You know, if he can play, the, like, the four until uh, TJ comes back and, like, he shows something where he's like, yeah, I'm a 14, 15-point scorer. I can make the three at 40%. I can rebound. I can play defense. Now you get, like, a lot of... Like, yo, we should probably trade Turner or Sabonis and, like, just go, you know, Brogdon, Levert, O'Shea, TJ, and, like, one of the bigs. Or we could pack, we could package, like, two of them and go after Ben Simmons. And now we really got, like, let's say we trade Brogdon and Warren for Ben. Now we got Ben, Levert, O'Shea, you know, Turner and Sabonis. And then we can, like, like that's a pretty good like starting point right there like it's not a lot of shooting but you have a lot of talent you can trade even like that talent to make it fit better like you can trade some bonus out of there and get like a like a near all-star back you can trade Turner and get something back so I just think like there's like O'Shea's probably their X factor on that but if I had to guess 42 and a half I would go over on that I think they're probably a 45 win team the Milwaukee Bucks 54 and a half. So this this all just comes down. Okay, so they added George Hill. I like that because Jeff T was trash. And George Hill can actually play some minutes. Um, they added Grayson Allen. I thought that was a really good pickup because Bryn Forbes, like he was a really good shooter. I think Bryn Forbes is an elite shooter. Like if you look at his mid-range numbers, his three-point percentages, they're insane. But like he just can't play in the playoffs. Like when he's not making shots, he just cannot play. And Grayson Allen, he's a good shooter. He can handle the ball a little bit. He's much bigger. He's like 6'4", 6'5", and he's like 200 pounds. So he can play. And he, like he's a decent defender. He's not a great defender, but he's a decent defender. And when you put him around Drew, Giannis, Middleton, like it's fine. Like it'll work. So, you know, when those games where Dante's like one for eight, that you can put Grayson in there. Or you can put Grayson and Dante in there. Um, and, you know, like, Milton at the four, Giannis at the five. Like, you can do a lot of different things. Um, so I, I like that pickup. I like the George Hill pickup. I like the Semi pickup, too. I think Semi's, like, like, Semi, I think he's a good player. Like, he makes corner threes. He plays defense. Like, I don't really know what more you need from that. And you know what? He's got a little bit of, like, he's always trying to show that he can do more because he can do more. So, like, every now and then he'll just get the ball. And he'll like, well, let me show off my handle. Let me get to the rim. And, then like, He's really he's he's pretty athletic, like we know he's a tank, but he's like pretty athletic too. So I think he was a good pickup. They got Bobby Portis back. Bobby Portis shot the fucking hell out of the ball last year for the mid range and three. I don't know if he can do that again, but like he's a good like seventh eighth like seventh man for them, seventh eighth man for them. 
uh, who else did they get? Rodney Hood. I don't think that's going to be anything because Rodney Hood, like, still hasn't recovered from his Achilles. Maybe if he can recover from his Achilles, it can be something. But until then, like, you can't really expect anything out of Rodney Hood. Ooh, 54 and a half. So, like, like I said, it just comes down to, like, what, what, what are they trying to do this year? Are they trying to be, like, the 2016 Warriors where they're like, oh, you, you guys thought last year was a fluke? Well, we'll show you. We're about to go for, well, the Warriors went for 73 wins. I don't think this team can do that. But, like, oh, we'll go for 65 wins. We'll show you. Or are they going to be like, hey, you know what? <laughs> to win the title, we have to play 45 minutes nightly, 47 minutes nightly. So how about, you know, in the, in the regular season, let's just take, you know, 30 minutes per game for all three of our guys. So when it's the playoff time again, we can play them 47 minutes again. Because if they're doing that, I think they're probably a 55-win team, and I would not bet the over or the under because I think, that, I think, I think at that point they're just going to win 55 games uh, because they are a really good team. So I would not even bet on this because I think they're going to be exactly at, like, 55. So I'm just not even going to bet on that one. Their X factor. See, they're another team where it's like their players are who they are. Like, we know what Drew is. We know what Giannis is. We know what Middleton is. We know what Brooke is. We know. I guess we don't know what Dante fully is because he did improve so much. Like, if Dante can improve even more, I guess that's an X factor. But other than that, like, I don't really see it. I, I guess I would say their X factor is their offense, their offensive system, because their offense was so garbage in the playoffs. And I was really hoping they just went with, like, Rick Carlisle anyways. So Rick can add, like, an actual offense for the playoffs instead of just them having to rely on their defense 24 hours a day. Um, or if they had gone, like, Mike D'Antoni, because I think Mike D'Antoni went to... New Orleans as, like, a special offensive um, advisor or whatever. Like, if they had gotten Mike Budenhaus, or I mean, Mike D'Antoni as, like, their offensive lead guy, I think that would have been really nice. I think that would have been really fun. Um, but they didn't. And so I'm going to go with their X Factor as a shock. I'm going to go with Semi Ojale. Because I think Semi could do what... P.J. Tucker did for them, which was, I'm going to play the three and the four. Like, I'm big enough to play the four, like, strong enough to play the four. I can space the floor, and that mean, that way we can unlock Giannis at center, which is what really P.J. Tucker was there for, like, those Giannis at center lineups. And you know what? I think Semi can probably provide more on offense than P.J. Tucker, like, a lot more. I think he's a better shooter than P.J. Tucker. I, don't, I think he's not as good. He's probably not a, as good of a defender as PJ, even though PJ I thought was overrated. Um, but I think he can handle the ball much better than PJ. And, yeah, I'm going to go with him as their X Factor, like, because I think they do need some guy that can play that four. So when Giannis has to play center, you have a reliable four. Because right now, there's really no reliable four for them. Like, Bobby Portis can't play the four. Like, he's going to get hunted down on defense every time. So I'm going to go with Semi as their X Factor. Did I just go through all the, the whole thing? I did. Yeah, I went with the Bucks. I wouldn't touch that. I would go over on the Pacers. I would go over on the Bulls. And I would go 
Not under, but I wouldn't bet on the Cavs or the Pistons. So, yeah, I think that was it. And, um, yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. How many stains you hit? Don't know. How many stains? Private plane converted over the private plane. Cooking it out with bacon soda. How many chains? You ain't thinking how I'm thinking. I'm going to the bank. I come in the tank. I come with the drink. I come with the drapes. I crush up the face. Pay for lead. Up to unique. Gotta stop all the leaks. And come with the freaks. I pour codeine. Go to sleep, criminal mind, thanks to the gang, gang, little bit times, sitting in a row, little bit times, mink on the flows, my mink on the coldest, he got me the frozen, I ordered it loaded, as soon as it touched down, I sold it, the money is stacked up off the ground, you can never afford it, I done got wrecked up, better stacked up, me a fortune, colossal enormous, have you seen my performance, you making it drizzle, I got it thunder and storm. Cash on the level, hope you're not recording. Cash on the level, hope you're not recording. How many stains you hit? Don't know. How many stains? Private plane converted over the private plane. Cooking it out with bacon soda. How many chains? You ain't thinking how I'm thinking. I'm going to the bank. I come in the tank. I come with the drink. I come with the drapes. I crush up the face. Pay that for lead. Comfortable, cause she said she love me. I got some commas, they can't be discussed. I weigh a ton in these streets, ain't no discussion. I started out with a couple watches, I got them busted. I got a flooded bitch in million, ain't no cuffing. She came in blushing, she came from Russian. The digital scale, my kind is rare. I had to prevail, I made it through hell. See the will on the right when you live overseas. Think it came overnight. How I make it look easy and a regular nigga. I accept that. Got ahead of you niggas and I never took a step back. How many stains you hit? Don't know. How many stains? Private plane converted over the private plane. Cooking it out with bacon soda. How many chains? You ain't thinking how I'm thinking. I'm going to the bank. I come in the tank. I come with the drink. I come with the drapes. I crush up the face. Pay that for lead. 